Welcome to the recap, where we recap the previous week's sermon. Nick preached. I did. On Galatians 5, 16 to 26. Do you like that passage? I do. A lot. It's I a like good one. it a lot. It's a good one. Why do you like it so much? Because, well, I've thought a lot about, you know, in my life, fighting sin and how, how sanctification happens and like what's going on in my heart, you know? And so this passage just directly addresses it. Mm. And um, yeah, so just walking by the spirit and what that means has been something that I'd like to think about. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that more people could think about more. Sure. Just in general. Agree. Well, it's an important topic. For yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Well, thanks for preaching Sunday. You're welcome. Yeah. I didn't hear any of it. I was fixing equipment. Yeah, you were busy. <laughs> it was a rough Sunday. It's fine. <laughs> so, fill me in. Yeah, what was yeah. it about? Yeah. Um. So it was the fourth. I mean, I've read it. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was the fourth sermon in our uh, "What Is" or "How Are We Sanctified" series. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of started by saying, well, what is sanctification? I just wanted to give a working definition. And I said, it's a work of uh, God and of man where we are declared holy and set apart by God and we progress um, in living as holy. So there's two aspects, right, of sanctification. One where in our union with Christ, God looks at us and through through that, he says, all right, you are holy, you're, you're consecrated, you're set apart, right? And that's mm-hmm. happened already mm-hmm. positionally. So I talked about like 1 Corinthians 2, where Paul says, to those who are in Corinth, sanctified in Jesus Christ. So they're already sanctified. And then um, there's another aspect of sanctification in the Bible that happens degree in degrees, little by little. Um, and so what really we're doing in sanctification is the process over a period of a lifetime of becoming what we already are in Christ. So we're sanctified now, live like you're sanctified, right? Mm-hmm. Fight your sin, fight temptation. Mm-hmm. And that's really what Galatians 5 is about. So I went into Galatians 5 and the main command is walk by the spirit. And he contrasts that by walking by the flesh, right? So in our, in our hearts, there are these competing desires. We all have the desires of the flesh and they're mm-hmm. there to lead us away from God. But for those who are in Christ, we have his spirit within us and we have the desires of the spirit and those are at war with each other, it says, to keep us from doing what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And then he talks about, so what, if you, if you gratify the flesh, what's the fruit, what's the work of the flesh? And he lists all sorts of things, you know, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, drunkenness, orgies, and then he just tacks on things like these. <laughs> yeah. So it's not meant to be an exhaustive list, but that's yeah. what it looks like when you gratify the desires of the flesh. Mm-hmm. And then he says, but the fruit of the spirit, in other words, this is what happens when you walk by the spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And so he's saying, this is the fruit of following your flesh, and this is the fruit of following walking by the spirit. So again, the command, walk by the spirit. So then I kind of said, well, how? 
Like it's one thing to say, all right, walk by the spirit. How do you walk by the spirit daily? Mm-hmm. And I just tried to make it really simple. The Bible ties the work of the spirit and the grace of God in our lives to several different things that we're supposed to do. So I likened it to God does the work, but we have to do a certain thing to, to do that. And I kind of likened it to like walking under a waterfall, right? So if you're dirty and hot and sweaty and you see a waterfall there and you just want to wash the dirt off and get clean and feel cool and, you know, mm-hmm. how do you do that? What's your part in that? Well, you can't just sit there and stare at the waterfall, right? Your part is you have to walk under the waterfall and then the waterfall does all the work right? You just had to walk under it and then the waterfall does all the work. So that's what sanctification is. We have to walk under the waterfall of God's appointed means of grace in order for his spirit then to do all the work. It's really God who makes us holy. We can't do it. Mm -hmm. We can't do it by works of the law. Mm -hmm. We can't do it by checking things off a list. We can't do it in our own strength. We have to do it by simply availing us to the means that God has said, my spirit is going to work and give you grace in these things. Mm. So the word of God, which is called the sword of the spirit, right? The spirit Mm -hmm. takes the words that we read in the Bible and uses them to change our hearts and to mold us and to challenge us and to sanctify us and comfort us and all the things that we need. Um, So we need to avail ourselves of the word. We need to study it, meditate on it, live in it, swim in it. We need to, you know, make the word a part of our lives like it is like breathing is. Mm-hmm. The pr- uh, prayer, another one. So talked about Hebrews 4, well-timed help when we approach the throne of grace. That's, that's grace right there. God has meant to use that by his spirit in our lives to sanctify us and grow us and keep us in all the things that his word says that he does. Uh, and then it talked about corporate worship where we get together and encourage one another and admonish one another in order to be con- protected from a sinful, deceitful heart. Um, so that's grace. God's doing that. And he uses the means when we get together, right? And encourage mm-hmm. one another. And then Ephesians 5 says, "Be filled with, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. How? Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. So like, that's what we're doing mm-hmm. in corporate worship. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. walking under the waterfall <laughs> of God's grace by his spirit in order to fill us afresh and anew and to, to do what he wants to do. So we mm-hmm. should come into worship expectant that he's going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then communion, which is meeting with Christ at his table. Um, he's really there spiritually, not physically in the elements. I want to make that really clear. But spiritually, he meets us in communion. It's, it's, it says in 1 Corinthians 10 that we fellowship with Christ in the cup and in the bread real fellowship with him there. So he means to use that to sanctify us. So that was like, then I just use communion as the main application of the sermon. All right, we're going to do this now. We're going to take communion and meet with Christ and be expectant that he's going to work through that. So mm-hmm. that's where we mm-hmm. went. Um, I could have said a lot more. Of, of course. There's a lot more you can say mm-hmm. about this passage. It's a deep passage. You know, he's contrasting walking by the spirit with works of the law which is really like why he's writing Galatians in the first place. Mm -hmm. There are people who are insisting that, no, it's grace plus circumcision. And Mm -hmm. Paul is saying, nope, that doesn't work for your justification. And then he says in this passage, that doesn't work for your sanctification. You have as much hope of beating your sin by works of the law as 
you know, the way that it works with a kid who you say, don't, don't take that cookie. Well, what's the only thing they want then? They want a cookie. <laughs> That's what happens in our heart when we try to fight our sin by saying, by works of works, good works, works of the law and our own strength. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. could have talked more about that. Um, more, yeah. And that's all I'll say. I'll let you ask questions. <laughs> Can you uh, expound a little more upon the two types of uh, sanctification and that you mentioned at the beginning and how is the first kind you mentioned, uh, the first Corinthians kind, mm-hmm. uh, different from justification? Yeah. Yep. So justification is our positional righteousness before God. It's a legal declaration that um, not only are we forgiven from the penalty of our sin, but we have uh, Christ's righteous life imputed to us. So all of his good works that he did are ours. And again, those are all through union with Christ, right? What's Christ becomes ours. Sanctification or being declared holy is a holiness in the Bible, like in the old covenant is like a consecration to be set apart by God for his holy purposes, right? So the priests would consecrate things and set them apart for holy works. Mm -hmm. And that's what positionally we are then. We've been set apart as holy in Christ, not not specifically speaking about our positional like righteousness, but now you've been consecrated by the Lord. You've been made holy in order to do his work. Mm. So that's what ours, what is ours in Christ. So it, it is a positional declaration. Then what we do, so we don't have a part in that. That happens, that positional declaration of being set apart and consecrated for holy good works is all God. That happens in our union with Christ. Mm. But now when we're saved, the Bible still talks about the remaining flesh that's in our hearts. It doesn't just go away, right? We're mm-hmm. still tempted. Yeah. We still have desires in our hearts that are there that we're tempted to follow. And that happens, to, that just springs up from within our hearts. It happens when external temptations come at us and then our hearts like grab onto those, mm-hmm. right? You know? So then the process of progressive sanctification is the gradual work whereby we have greater victory over that. Our desires change gradually by degrees over a lifetime to where we desire God more and we desire sin less. We have greater victory. Mm-hmm. And that happens, that's, that's where we have a part in that. You're not gonna become progressively more sanctified. Like your heart isn't gonna change if all you do is just sit on the couch and you don't read your Bible and you don't pray and you don't have Christian community and you Mm -hmm. don't go to corporate worship, Mm -hmm. this is not going to happen, right? Because you're not walking under the waterfall of the means that God has said, this is how I'm going to work in your life. So that's kind of the difference. And um, not only that, but we're malleable people. mm -hmm. So those other things, you know, not, not that, a Netflix show is bad no. in and of itself. But if that's where you're spending the majority of your time and not in the word, those things will start to change you. Yep. And that's why Bruce in his sermon back when we started challenged, like how, what are you filling your mind with? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like that's a really important question mm-hmm. because that's going to contribute to, 
what's shaping you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, mm, yeah. That's helpful. Yeah. I wanted to just ask you, because mm-hmm. you again, you can't address everything in one mm-hmm. sermon or even one four-part sermon series, but um, about uh, verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh mm-hmm. with its passions and desires. Like, what does that mean? Do you have any ideas of what that means? I do have an idea. Now, there's a lot of different interpretations of what that what yeah. that actually means. Yeah. Um, the way that I think about it is that when we become united to Christ by faith, then one of the fruits of that is that our flesh has been crucified. Yes. Right? So we become new creations. The old man is gone, the new man has come. So he talks about that in 1 Corinthians, mm-hmm. or 2 Corinthians, right? We are objectively new. The flesh has been crucified. Now, that doesn't mean that our flesh is completely dead though. It's still there. And so what does that mean? Well, I think about it like when Jesus was crucified, how long did he hang up there on the cross? A long time. Like he didn't just immediately, he was crucified and he didn't die until like the next day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so with our flesh, it has been crucified, right? And our job is to continue to nail it to the cross over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And to do the things that God says, these are the things that are going to change your heart and it will slowly die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't view like crucifixion of the flesh as like a one time, all right, it's totally gone and the struggle is over. Right. Yeah. It's a continual nail this to the cross. Yeah. And over time, it's going to, crucifixion takes a long time for someone to finally die. So I think it's actually a helpful picture in, well, once once I become a Christian, why doesn't the struggle just go away? Right. Mm-hmm. No, you have to like fight it and repent and yes. repent and nail it to the cross and nail it to the cross. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you are a new creation and there's still like that fight that's going to happen. So another way you can think about it is like the overlap of the ages. Mm-hmm. We're like the already not yet. So like the already, like the, the kingdom of God has come. Yep. So like you can think about it like, yeah, I'm a new creation, but we're still in this current sinful age that overlaps, yep. right? So yep. there's still a fight that needs to be happening. And then one day when he completely eradicates sin, that fight will be over. Yeah. But there's an ongoing nailing it to the cross. So, so our part in that, we have to continually repent. We have to continually turn from our sin to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we have to continually avail ourselves of the means of grace for God to change our hearts. And in so doing, our flesh is crucified. Yep. Does that make sense? That's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, yeah. he's faithful and just to forgive us. Mm-hmm. And that's a way to keep crucifying those fleshly desires. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then it, the more than... I think one of the effects of availing ourselves of these means of grace is that we we start to shape our identity around them. So then we don't think of ourselves as any of the hundred other identities that we could take upon us in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some of them are good and some of them are bad, right? But we can we start to think of ourselves as nope, I'm united to Christ. This is who I am. I am a new creation. And then like you start to live out of your most fundamental identity. Yep. That's just like what you do. 
naturally. People do it every day. <laughs> they live out of their most fundamental identities like an employee, so their work is their life, a parent, so their family is their life, all of these things. But if your most fundamental identity is I'm a new creation in Christ, then eventually, through the work of sanctification, that's going to be like what you live out of, and it's going to change every other aspect of who you are. Mm -hmm. So, That's helpful. Yep. You're good at explaining this. Yeah, I can tell that you've mm -hmm. like really worked through things in your own heart and life. And you can just articulate it really and well. So it doesn't mean I'm perfect. Helpfully. No, of but. course not. But <laughs> yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah. And don't you have a class coming up on yeah. something like that? I was actually just talking to someone about it yesterday. <laughs> well, we're going to spend eight weeks in Sunday school starting on September 24th um, talking about what is our union with Christ and how does that shape like literally everything else in life. Yay. Like literally everything else <laughs> boils down to your union with Christ. Yeah. Mm. So I would just encourage everyone to come to that and we're going to have a good discussion about that. Um, and I think some of the things that the Bible says about what's ours in our union with Christ are just downright shocking. They're incredible. So come. Yes. And, and think about those things with me because it'll be, it'll be good. That, I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for preaching. Yeah, man. Thanks for recapping. You bet. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, thank you. See you next time.